Welcome to the Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Leadership coach, keynote speaker, and author, Licky Ladji can speak to the power of vulnerability and trust in leadership. When it comes to being a business leader and building incredibly cohesive teams, Licky is inviting the world to get familiar with what they have yet to see, their blind spots. In this episode of the Voice of Retail, Licky calls on his years of personal and professional experience. We talk about finding life's purpose, the importance of listening, and his new book, Death by BS. The time that we've lived in, whether it's political leadership or business leadership, how would you rank them? You know, A, B, or C as, as leaders, how do you think we did so far? What would you rank it if you were, you know, you mentioned school, you give them an A, B, C, or maybe, maybe you give us an F. What do you think? <laughs> have, have we learned anything? Yeah. Leading so, up uh, to this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes and to that answer because there's, I need to break it into two. The business leaders, I give them an A. Hmm. They, okay. uh, the, the ones that I've spoken with, the ones I've talked to, they've showed up and I give them an A. Let's listen in now. Like you welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for having me on here. Well, it's great to hear your voice. You and I met at the intersection of uh, in Vancouver. I was in your hometown at a conference. We have Michelle Sirwa to thank for that from from Blue Star. It was a Blue Star event, uh, so that's when we first met, and that was I guess that's now 2018. So way overdue that we touch base. Way way overdue. Uh, and then we also have something else in common, right? That we discovered pretty quickly. I thought you, it was funny. I remember that that afternoon. And I said, you look so familiar, but I can't quite place it. Do you remember what we had in common beyond Michelle Sirwa? Yeah, my, my cousin. Right, Nazir. Nazir. So, so funny. Uh, you know, talk about a small world. We've kind of jumped right in, but um, for the listeners who, who don't know of you or don't know enough about you and, and all that great stuff, uh, certainly as much as, as I might, uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background, a personal professional journey, and what you do for a living today. Wow, so do we have like three hours to do this? Or, <laughs> you know, uh, it, I, it's funny. I, I call myself a recovering entrepreneur and a recovering, recovering addict from just working way too much. And uh, uh, I think this is my seventh stint. I'm into a business. I'm launching a new, new journey for myself. Wow. Um, my background really is IT. I used to be in, in the IT world. And interesting enough, uh, people say, well, then you must know a lot about IT. I go, well, not really. Mm. I was in the IT world, but I was always coaching and consulting businesses and people on how to be better. I never realized that until I sold the IT company. Then I figured I should become a coach. And that's the impetus of me being where I am today. Interesting. Kind of your moment of clarity about what you actually did. And and was it a matter of an intersection for you of the the personal and professional? In other words, you, you, you really like this aspect of of leading companies rather than closing the deal i mean some people just you know they jam on closing the deal or launching a new product but it's it, it was it your case that you discovered um that you discovered that you like to help people lead uh, i think um i've always helped people lead but what really transpired for me when i sold my it company was the <laughs> waking up 8 days after in mexico depressed Hmm. like literally Hmm. had no purpose in life anymore because i sold what i did i I wasn't interacting with people and i had no idea so i reached out to my good friend bob berg the author of the go-givers and i said bob i'd love to uh, start talking about your product and helping others coach around this and he goes well come on down to mexico to orlando and we'll um 
we have a speaker's trainings uh, program and a coach's program. And I said, well, I can't be a speaker. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, I have a stutter. He goes, oh, I, okay, I hear that. But how about, how about a coach? I go, sure. So I, go, I literally go down to, to Orlando, right from Mexico. I do a three-day workshop with him. And on the last day, he'd asked me to stand up. And he goes, um, he starts acknowledging me for the person that I am, kind, gentle, warm, trusting. And then Kathy, his partner, does the same thing. And then the third person, the fourth person. And I'm in tears. And this is mm. like seven years ago. A grown man standing in Orlando in front of 10 peers in tears. And Bob's going, what's going on? I'm going, I've never heard these words before. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I invite you to think that you've never listened to these words. Yeah, interesting. So, okay. So we finished. The 10th person finished. I sat down with a sense of relief. That evening, I took a flight back from Orlando to Dallas. I'm talking to a passenger for two hours. Mm-hmm. And I quickly realized it was without a stutter. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So I get home and I tell my wife this and she starts laughing. She goes, great. It took 10 strangers <laughs> to tell, for you to listen to what I've been trying to tell you for years. That's frustrating. It really is. But you know what hit me there, Michael, was I was holding on to a lot of crap. Hmm. I was holding on to a lot of my BS that got me there. Then I had to do some work to figure out what it was. I wasn't listening. I wasn't ready to listen to the good that was coming my way. I was always good at hearing all the crap that was coming my way, but never the good. Hmm. But I had to go back and figure out when all this started. It started when I was 10 years old, when I immigrated to Canada. Canada. Actually, Nazir is, picked me up from the airport. I actually stayed at his house <laughs> in a cold February day. You're welcome to Canada. Snow. Yeah, welcome to Canada. Yeah, exactly. And, but... A few weeks later, we'd gone to Ottawa. That's where we settled for a little while. And my teacher had asked me to share my story about the journey of the immigration. And he and I get up there, and the kids started laughing at me. And one kid yelled, go back to where you came from. Mm. And the life of Licky, of a stutter, and not belonging, not good enough started that day. Wow. Wow, what a story. Your your story, you know, as I listen to it, it's, it's so inspiring. I didn't know the whole backstory. You're the second person I've talked to this week in the format of my interviews. I, I interviewed um, a gentleman named Rob Smith, and he spent uh, a large part of his career at very, very senior levels in retail. But then it just wasn't working for him, and he, and he, he went and he did a, a, a session, and he, he found his dharma. And he left all that behind, and he started what he's called the Fluid Project, which is uh, gender neutral. He came out of the closet and then and started this whole program. So he, another melding of, you know, discovering your path and, and discovering who you are and, and taking your path forward. And, and one of the things we're talking about today is, is this great new book, Death by BS. We're going to get to the book uh, in a couple of minutes. I have a question for you. Yes. So we've been living through this COVID era, as I've called it for the past, while well, we're still living through it for 24 months. It feels to me that it's been, um, uh, the ultimate test of leadership that, you know, no one really wanted, but there it is, a long, sustained crisis. There's been so much literature on leadership. You've given so many lectures. You've talked to so many people. In general, not specific individuals, when you reflect on the time the time that we've lived in, whether it's political leadership or business leadership, how would you rank them? You know, A, B, or C as, as leaders. How do you think we did so far? What would you rank it if you were, you know, you mentioned school. You give them an A, B, C, or maybe 
maybe give us an F. What, what do you think? <laughs> have, have we learned anything? Yeah. Leading so, up uh, to this, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes and to that answer because there's I need to break it into two. The business leaders, I give them an A. Hmm. They, okay. uh, the the ones that I've spoken with, the ones I've talked to, they've showed up, and I give them an A. The political and everything else, because of the climate that's happened, I'm gonna give them a C. Mm, okay, right? Um, mm. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at, and and the biggest reason I give the leaders an A, um, most of them showed up and they became raw and vulnerable. Mm. Mm. You know, I was reading. I was reading a a recent study, and I think it was the um, it was a, a trust survey. And what I found interesting, kind of reflects what you said, was that they ranked uh, sources of information by who you trusted the most. And I was intrigued to see that business leaders, the companies you work for, were more trusted sources of information than many other types of media. Um, and and do you think that's a flaw, or do you think that's reflecting? The fact that business leaders did what you described—they stood up and, and they've they've built tremendous credibility with with their stakeholders and and with society. Because you know, it's sometimes you're on the fence a little bit about business leaders, and you know they're in it for themselves. Businesses are, you know, are they part of the? You know, we know retailers uh, are big parts of the community, but there's some skepticism here and there. But it sounds like you, you whatever that overcame that they've they've got themselves to a place where there's, there's more trust than less in their credibility. Would you agree? I, I totally agree. You know, um, like for, for example, for myself, I'm a keynote speaker. So, you know, I get on stage, apparently everybody trusts me. I know what I'm talking about. It's just mm. a given fact that I know what I'm talking about. But I still have to build trust. It takes a while. I, you know, I may be on stage for 45 minutes. But as a leader, the moment you get vulnerable and really connect with your people, there is a trust that's built that can't be lost. Hmm. Interesting. So interesting. All right. Well, let's turn our minds to this great book, Death by BS, Navigating Your Blind Spots to Become a Better Leader. I first want to talk about the tradecraft of writing the book. You know, in other words, why did you write it? Did you think there was a gap on the shelves? Did you, was it a personal mission? I've just got to get this thing out of me. Um, you know, t- talk a bit about why you, why you wrote the book and why you thought it was, it was necessary. Um, interesting. So this is all a, a COVID reaction. Um, the book wasn't supposed to be written for another couple of years. I was still doing some studies and research around uh, how to execute around blind spots. I've been speaking on this topic for a few years. But honestly, um, last year, when I started going into organizations and talking about building trust and vulnerability, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of work with Patrick Lencioni's Five Dysfunctions of a Team mm. to get high-achieving results. But boy, it would, I would leave that organization and stuff just wouldn't happen. Mm. Mm. They'd be excited to, while we're doing it. Yeah. They want to do it, but they wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. I'd go into sales teams and, and train them on value and conversations using Bob Berg's methodologies about giving value and building relationships. And they'd be excited, wanting to do it. And I'd tell them some takeaways to do. And they'd be great. We'll do it. And I'd follow up and nothing got done. Mm. And that was frustrating. So I said, I need to put this in writing somehow and just to make people realize that they have their own blind spots that are in their way. So I started blurting away. I started writing and reading and uh, ordering and putting on to voice recorders <laughs> and then got a couple of uh, editors and we put yeah. it together and got the book out in three months. 
Wow. I've, I've talked to different authors about their process. I'm so, I have so much admiration for authors because I barely have time to read books, let alone write them. But, uh, you know, some authors I've talked to say they, they write and write and write and then edit down and then, you know, at the, kind of like a Russian doll. They find at the center of that the core of the book. I've talked to others who start with a single one page and practically work their way up, you know, here's on a page what the, I want the book to do, which do, do either of those approaches uh, describe your, your tradecraft or how you approached it? Well, I, I was, uh, I was lucky. I, I was uh, fortunate because um, I've been speaking on this topic for a few years. So I had all my keynotes written up mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had an incredible team working with me to help me edit. I am not a writer, like literally, uh, you know, if you see my emails, they're junk. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not a writer, and I mm. and I say that. So if you want a good professional email, don't expect it from me. You'll get <laughs> you'll get to the point, and yeah. there might be some typos and grammars, but I will make the point. <laughs> but I had some incredible writers, and uh, one of the writers that really helped me. Well, two two big writers that helped me out. One was my daughter. Um, she read the book, and she goes, "Dad, this is not your voice." Mm. So she put her voice, which is my voice, into the book. Right, and then uh, my wife, and then uh, a really good friend of mine, CJ, uh, put it together, and uh, it 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 really put it put it all together. Shannon uh, had actually helped me; she's one of my editors and, and marketing person. She actually helped put it all together initially, and then with the team of four, it landed the way it's supposed to land. Take us through the the concepts of the book. So, death by blind spots. What what are blind spots? And and take us through the the essence of the book to give folks listening a, a sense for for your approach. And then I want to get into the the, the book itself because it's more than a book. It's an active workbook, which I think is really is really amazing. But talk about talk about the BS you're t- telling us about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. So. Um, I'm just going to share a small story on this because it, it might land easier than anything, than me trying to explain it. A couple of years ago, I was in New York doing a course on public speaking, and I had built this cohort of five people. And I asked them, I said, how do I show up when I walk into a room? And they kind of chuckled. And they go, well, Licky, you show up as a pompous blank. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, uh, if I would have refused that or fought that they would have just shut down but i said you know my, my my initial comment to them was interesting i'd like to hear more about that tell me they go look you love to dress up yes you're our and sharp dressed man you are, you thank are you. And, I, and i love that i love dressing up yeah. but i also i didn't know this i didn't but i also don't smile enough mm. <laughs> so when i walk into a room all dressed up not smiling it looks and feels like i want to own the room and be pompous mm. And I don't want to be that. Now, that's a huge blind spot for me. Hmm. So when somebody else told me that, I took it to, to heart. Now, when I walk into a room, I literally smile so hard that my, <laughs> my jaws hurt because I have a hard time with that. And, right. and I know why, because yeah. I think I have bad teeth. And everybody else says, no, you don't. <laughs> but right. Interesting. But there's, these are blind spots. You know, when we're driving, we check our blind spots every day. But yeah, yeah. Interesting. As human beings, we don't, we're not used to checking our own blind spots. We don't like if I ask you right now, Michael, look in the mirror for two minutes and pick out what you see. You'd have a hard time lasting thirty seconds. Yeah, and and you know, I talk to a lot of interview. I interview and talk to a lot of people, and and self reflection. Particularly, you know, it's funny. Some people, the the hardest question that I an, I ask sometimes is, "Tell me about yourself." Like the first question 
of the interview because you know some people just aren't aren't used to aren't comfortable with maybe haven't told their story before and and they're all interesting and really fascinating but it, it it really resonates with me and and that's a nice segue into talking about the format of the book because it's not a it's not a book that you page through uh read it put down and i think this reflects as i listen to you it reflects your um frustration with great thoughts that don't get executed but also it feels like when i went through this book that you wanted to give people a tool to just get them over what you just described that you know help me help you kind of thing is, is was that your thinking and, and describe how you do that in the book for the for the listeners yeah no michael that's a great uh, it's a great catch on that because um when i do coaching with executives and it takes a few sessions to get to the blind spot trust and we have these incredible you know six eight month uh, coaching contracts and we work through blind spots but i can't get in front of it uh, a lot of people that way. And I wanted to find a way of a medium to do this. And I thought, okay, what if I just shared my story? So I started doing keynotes, but that wasn't enough because you wouldn't attend my keynote and you wouldn't find it. So mm. I thought putting it in a book by sharing my stories and some small biases and some things that actually stand out for a lot of common people, we can just put it in there and start putting an exercise into place you'll start realizing and reflecting yourselves as you take this journey in the book. There's a lot of part of the book in the, in the latter half about conflict. Talk about conflict <laughs> in, in, you know, in the workplace, in our lives. I mean, it, it feels like a little bit of conflict moves us forward, but too much conflict holds us back and people are, you know, comfortable with different levels of conflict. Some just want to avoid it entirely. Some chase it for one reason or another, talk about your perspectives around conflict. Well, to me, a, a conflict is a conversation. Mm. A fight is a fight. Mm. <laughs> conflict is just a conversation. Mm. But what we have a hard time with is understanding the language the other person needs to hear. Sometimes we're speaking English and the other person's hearing German. Mm. And once we understand what the other person's style of their blind spots are, and what I've done is not in this book, this is part of the second book that I'm working on right now is the eight different styles that are available for blind spots. And, I, and for example, I'm a connector in, in this. We have this assessment and I show up as a connector. My wife is a peacemaker slash analyzer. Hmm. We've been married 31 years. Bless her soul. I don't know how she's lasted this long with me. <laughs> but... Honestly, you know, um, I would call her up and I'd say, hey, Sam, let's go on a holiday. And she'd go, yeah, great idea. And then next day I'd get this 30-page e email from her <laughs> about the sand we're going to be stepping on and, <laughs> and the mountain and the volcano that's got, you know, 350 years old. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I just want to go on holiday. So guess what? We never used to go on holidays because she got me way too much detail yeah. and vice versa. I'd be driving around and I'd see the 67 red Mustang. Yeah. I'd call her up and it's, I'd talk her about this car and she's like, oh, there he goes again, buying another car. Yeah. And no, yeah. I'm just throwing stuff on the wall. Mm -hmm. But now when I say, let's go on holiday, her subject line says Hawaii, 12 days, X amount of dollars. And then the 30 page email. <laughs> Get the buy-in first. Get, yeah, it's funny, eh? and it, you know, it does. But it doesn't. I hope it doesn't need to take thirty plus years to get to that with your coworkers. Like, well, is this is this the fast? Is the book the so to speak the fast track to getting to where you are now? 
Exactly. And that's th- this is why I had to create this book. I said, look, I don't want people to go through 30 years of their marriage like that. And, you know, again, I, I say bless her soul. She had to live with me for 30 years the way I was. My mm. BS, I was in the way. Mm. And, and, I, and, I, and, and Michael, you haven't asked me about my IT company. Boy, this book was literally, literally written as an apology to my ex, all these employees I had for 25 years. Mm. Because I had, I, had, I had an issue with trust. I had an issue of uh, letting go. And I wanted to put this in writing so that other leaders can realize that it's okay to be vulnerable. And it's okay mm. to say, it is my fault. And it's okay to let others lead and understanding where they're from. So this book takes you on that journey of being self-reflective. And you may not have those issues, but I haven't met a single person that doesn't have at least one blind spot. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. And um, let's talk about your advice. And if you could, it's, it's not a fair question to ask you to distill this book into a couple of little pops of advice, but... I'm going to frame it in this way. So for the listeners around the work you do, leadership, understanding your blind spots, um, leadership is harder than it ever was in some ways. Today, leadership by Zoom is a whole other thing. Uh, it's hard to lead teams, disparate or, or other words. Two starts and one stop. In other words, for the listeners, two things they should start doing if they're not doing them today. And one thing they should probably stop doing. Maybe they're not doing it today. Maybe um, you know, maybe it is just awareness of something that, that, you know, don't ever get into this habit. What, what would those be? Um, my, my biggest takeaway to leaders right now is ask your team or the people that really care about you, how do you show up? Hmm. And listen to it and act on it with the intention of being a better person. That's the first thing. Is, is that harder now than ever before? I mean, sometimes how you show up is a little square on a screen. Like, uh, or am I just oversimplifying it? Tell me, tell me about that. Um, I can tell you how you show up on this phone call and I haven't even seen you yet. We don't need to be physically present to see how you show up as a person. Mm-hmm. You just need to be able to have a conversation with people to see how they show up. But the people that know you really well, like your team knows you well. Mm-hmm. And if you were to ask them, I, I would highly recommend don't ask your wife or your partner because that'll be a totally different conversation. And I don't want to go into divorce court and that kind of stuff. But ask your team, ask your cohorts, mm. how do I show up? And what's your first impression of me? Because I want to be a better human being. Mm. Most leaders won't even ask that question. And then the ones that do, will they do anything about that? So that's the first start. You start with that. That's your journey of self awareness and knowing thyself. And and the second big thing is find out what others' blind spots are and speak their language. Prime example, like my wife, the the analyzer and the peacemaker. Understand that she doesn't like change, fast change. Understand that she has to communicate with me and be analytical. She needs an agenda. She needs to know all the details. Don't get frustrated with that. Be aware of it. And once we're aware of other people's uh, styles and blind spots, we can have an incredible cohesive team. You talked about conflict. That's when conflict goes away. Mm. All right. So what should we stop doing? It's, it, I, I, I could almost guess, but I want to hear, you know, something you come across often. And it sounds like there's many things we, we do. But if you had to pick that one thing that is uh, seemingly innocuous, but is actually kind of harmful, what, what, what would you advise? It's so simple. Stop mm. ignoring yourself and stop blaming mm. others. 
Hmm. So unpack that for me a bit. So I, I stop ignoring yourself as a bit of self-reflection. Is that fair? But yeah. w- when you say stop ignoring others, is that kind of like, I'm just going to communicate the way I communicate. I'm not going to pause to understand how you how you ingest or take the information. Is that what you're, what you're getting Exactly. At? So what happens is we, if we're ignoring ourselves, we're not understanding what our own blind spots are and what our, what's, what our own BS is. And then when we ignore others or blame others, we're looking at them from a perspective of how we want to be communicated to. Hmm. We have to listen to them how they're communicating. What do they need to be communicated as and meet somewhere in between? Well, it's, it's wise advice. Um, and again, the death, uh, the book is uh, Death by BS. So where can we learn more? Where can we find the book? And, and tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, the book was uh, book is on Amazon as a bestseller. It's uh, mm-hmm. Death by BS. Just uh, look up uh, Licky Lavji, L-I-K-K-Y-L-A-V-J-I, or Death by BS. And it's on Amazon.ca and Amazon.com. And then uh, to get a hold of me, it's LickyLavji.com or find me on LinkedIn. I'd love to have a conversation with you and uh, help you out. Well, fantastic. It was so great catching up with you. I, I, I saw that you had uh, posted this book actually on LinkedIn. So there you go. Good networking. And I just had to say, I had to reach out and, and wanted to talk about the book and tap into your wisdom. So thank you so much for, for uh, coming on the podcast with me and, and sharing these insights. And, and uh, as someone who's got the book, I'd, I'd encourage everyone to pick it up and, and uh, much continued success. Congratulations on, on your success. And, and I look forward to seeing you IRL, as the kids would say, in real life. Uh, shortly or you know on the on us on the speaking tour however we meet again so once again uh, Licky thanks for joining me Uh, Michael thank you for having me on here and thank you for all that you do for the community as well thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the voice of retail be sure and follow the podcast on apple spotify or wherever you enjoy podcasts so you don't miss out on the latest episodes industry news and insights if you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a rating review as it really helps us grow so that we continue to get amazing guests onto the show. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Until next time, stay safe, have a great week. Music